Sometimes our imaginations are captured by the possibility of alternative explanations. Join me as we explore the historical events and public state of mind that influenced the appeal and popularity of the most enduring alternative theories out there. I'm Ryan Nelson, and welcome to Conspiracy Theoryology. Howdy, everyone. I just wanted to jump in and let you know that my uh, voice has been a little rough this week, but I certainly was not going to let that stop me from recording. So as we begin today, I've got a nice hot cup of Australian afternoon tea, and we are going to work through this. If I do it right, you won't even notice. So let's get to it. Welcome back, theoryologists. When you hear the term PSYOP in context of the military, what comes to mind? Does it conjure up thoughts of leaflet airdrops, radio broadcasts behind enemy lines, maybe loudspeaker announcements? Are you even familiar with the term at all? While for some it may conjure the thoughts of clandestine psychic warfare espionage tactics, PSYOPs is, in fact, just an abbreviation for the term psychological operation. These operations are defined by the Department of Defense as, quote, planned psychological activities in peace and war which normally pursue objectives to gain the support and cooperation of friendly and neutral countries and to reduce the will and the capacity of hostile or potentially hostile, countries to wage war. Well, PSYOPs have been employed by the U.S. military in some form since the American Revolution, and examples of these strategic psychological activities can be found during every major U.S. military conflict since. This includes the American Civil War, Vietnam, and more recently the military conflicts in the Middle East. In fact, Psychological operations are utilized by all major militaries throughout the world. While tactics employed, as mentioned before, such as leaflets and propaganda-driven radio broadcasts, are more properly defined as aspects of psychological warfare, the U.S. military seems pretty quick to point out that psychological operations during peacetime take a very different tact. These PSYOPs do not involve misinformation, but are designed, in fact, to deter conflict through well-crafted, truth-based, persuasive communications and terminology. After the break, we'll begin our story and learn about the military training exercise known as Jade Helm 15 through its impact on a small town in central Texas. This will be a two-part episode. 
simply because there's so much to explore. Today, we will introduce ourselves to this training exercise through the lens of the residents in the town of Bastrop. As you hear the story and follow the events as they play out, keep the concept of PSYOPs in the back of your mind. Howdy, theoryologists. Well, if you are like me, then you are a podcast fan, and you have your favorite playlist full of shows that get you through your day. And like me, you want nothing more than for those shows to keep making great content, and you want to support that effort. That's why many of your favorite podcasts use Patreon, so that you can show your support for all their work. And that is exactly why I have started a Patreon campaign for Conspiracy Theoryology. For less than a cup of coffee each month, you can help this show grow. In return, you receive patron-only rewards, such as access to the Patreon-exclusive show, Expanded Theoryology, where we will go beyond theoryology and take deeper looks at topics discussed on this show, as well as explore other areas and new ideas. With guest hosts and candid conversations, there will be new content each month, plus more stuff to come. If you're ready to support the show or just curious about what else Patreon has to offer, go to patreon.com slash conspiracy theoryology to check out my page. Then stick around and search out your other favorite podcasts. Now, on to the show. In May 2018, News outlets and newspaper articles circulated an update to the 2015 Joint Operation Training Exercise known as Jade Helm. Outlets reported on an MSNBC interview with Michael Hayden, who had served as former head of both the CIA and NSA, during which Hayden made comments indicating that the frenzy of public concern and media coverage was fueled by a Russian disinformation campaign. This, of course, settled the issue and ended any further media interest for the three-year-old topic. Seemingly providing explanation for the escalated alarm, claims of conspiracy theory, and public backlash, Hayden rested the blame on Russian bots and the alt-right media, answering the question of how the whole conspiracy theory got started in the first place. The problem is, it was never a question anyone was asking, not during media coverage leading up to the exercise in 2015, and certainly not in 2018, long after most people forgot that anything had ever happened. So, if no one was asking the question, then why provide an unprompted answer? Well, we could point some motivation to the fact that Michael Hayden was promoting his book during the interview, but it still seems a bit random. That is, unless this latest revelation of information is just another phase of the Jade Helm exercise itself. To make a determination like that, though, we should first understand what exactly happened in the months leading up to the Jade Helm training exercise during the spring of 2015. In March of 2015, the quiet town of Bastrop just outside of Austin, Texas, 
became alive with worry and controversy as news was released about a planned RMT, or Realistic Military Training Exercise, that it would be conducted in their little town at Camp Swift, a former World War II training camp that now operates as a training center under the ownership of the Texas Army National Guard. As news continued to release, the growing scale of this training exercise came into focus, the concern and apprehension of the community increasing as well. Jade Helm 15 was announced as a joint operations exercise to include the United States Special Operations Command, the U.S. Army Special Operations Command, and the Joint Special Operations Command, along with other U.S. military units. The exercise would be conducted across six states and would be coordinated from Elgin Air Force Base in Florida. The training operation, which initial reports indicated would involve up to 1,200 participants and was to be conducted ostensibly to improve the Special Operations Forces capability as part of the National Security Strategy. Local leaders and media outlets attempted to alleviate the public concern, dispelling suspicions or downplaying the entire event. Press releases and public discussions focused the blame on controversial claims by media pundits such as Alex Jones, as well as the conspiracy websites and forums. The actual frustrations of the community, though, came from official information being released by the coordinating military units themselves. The marketing material, for lack of a better word, which was being released seemingly to inform the public of the planned operation, included an official operation logo, a catchphrase or slogan, and a map of the hypothetical operations area that included the participating states in the Southwest. While this information was released nationwide, the recoil in Texas was observably stronger, particularly in Bastrop, which in turn drew media attention. See, the small community of Bastrop is no stranger to being a focus of military and economic activity. The city of Bastrop serves as the county seat of Bastrop County, and it's always been a strategic location. The area was first occupied in 1804 as a fort, located on the lower Colorado River at a prime crossing, and it was known as Cuesta de Colorado. After an initial failed attempt in 1823, it was finally formally settled four years later and renamed Bastrop. Incorporated in 1837, it was a pretty typical community, with a number of residents supporting a courthouse, hotel, and a general store. Bastrop had a unique economic advantage that primarily supported the area up through to the 1860s. That was lumber. One of the most unique aspects of the small city of now only about 8,000 residents is that it's uh, in an interesting location. It sits in the middle of the Lost Pines Forest, which is the westernmost pocket of pine trees associated with the eastern pine forest that covers East Texas. This small, outcast pocket of pine forest became the primary source of lumber for what was then the western frontier of Texas. 
as well as for the cities of San Antonio and Austin, Texas. Being both economically and geographically strategic, Bastrop became the home of Camp Swift during World War II, training over 300,000 soldiers, battlefield nurses, and housing German prisoners of war. After the war, other industry came into the area, though the population oscillated in the following decades. By the 1980s, Bastrop had to deal with a challenge facing many small towns, encroachment. The city of Austin was growing eastward, and the population growth resulted in sewage pollution of the Colorado River, which affected the downstream community of Bastrop. Also encroaching was expanding strip mining operations. Finally, in 2011, a massively destructive wildfire impacted the area. Now, Bastrop is home to many residents that commute into Austin, which has increased land values and incomes for the city. Still, it has remained a center of agribusiness and manufacturing. The city, of course, struggles to find the balance of small community living while existing within a metropolitan radius. It's within this context of small-town pride and individualism that resistance to Jade Helm 15 was born. With a clear picture of Bastrop area residents now in mind, let's look back on that official marketing material. That official slogan we mentioned? Well, it was, quote, mastering the human domain. And it was accompanied by a logo of a dagger, two crossed arrows, and a translucent wooden clog. Yes, a wooden clog, as in a traditional Dutch work shoe. If none of that makes sense to you, you're not alone. While the human domain as a term has a meaning in context of special operations training, it sounded ominous to the community, accompanied by a weird and ambiguous logo. I mean, seriously, a wooden clog. The operation did not give a clear indication of being in an innocuous training exercise. But the piece de resistance in igniting the spark of outcry was an official operations map, which was leaked, and I use air quotes emphatically when saying that, shortly after the announcement of the exercise to the public. This map encompassed the seven participating states and color-coded each state identifying them as either hostile, permissive and friendly, or uncertain. The labeling seemed to lean heavily along political lines, with California, Nevada, and Colorado labeled friendly. New Mexico and Arizona were labeled as uncertain, leaning friendly or leaning hostile. And Utah and Texas were marked as hostile. To add to the suspicions of political implications, the friendly states were blue, while the hostile states were, yep, red. Can you imagine a more political, charged way to draw up a map depicting a hypothetical military training scenario? Well, though the community of Bastrop was just about 50-50 when it came to the 2012 presidential election, it was still a predominantly conservative community that wasn't too keen on the politics of Washington, D.C. <laughs> that certainly seems like a perfect time to label Texas as a red state that would be treated as hostile 
to the military forces operating under the parameters of this training exercise. Dot, dot, dot. I, I think you can see where this goes. The residents of Bastrop reacted to this all-too-conveniently leaked map. It was, as one might say, the last straw. A community still recovering from a natural disaster. Suspicions of large government interventions. A divisive period of presidential politics. Remember, there were as many claims of cronyism, tyranny, and collusion levied at the Obama administration as are currently targeting the Trump administration, and in both cases, rather baseless and unsubstantiated. And now, a large-scale military exercise that the local residents aren't supposed to even notice while it occurs. Well, the map was a capstone to all this, elevating reactions from concern to suspicion and accusation. Texas along with Utah, which had ties to the former presidential candidate Mitt Romney, were hostile territories. Clearly, this training operation was anything but. It was more likely a subtle and subversive effort to get into the communities and establish a military presence, perhaps even martial law. It all came to a boil in April, when a town hall-style meeting was held and open to the public moderated by Bastrop County Judge Paul Pape. The Special Commissioner's Court meeting offered a special presentation by Lieutenant Colonel Mark Lestoria of the U.S. Special Operations Command. During this special hearing, it was evident that the presenters and the county officials anticipated a positive reaction to the information they were to provide. Bastrop, as well as the state of Texas in general, is supportive of the military. And this training exercise was just that, training. It had the full support of state and local officials. But what they got, instead, were questions regarding transparency and justification for the need and value of the operation. For those on the political right, the blame clearly rested with the Obama administration. For those on the left, the blame was squarely rested upon the newly elected Republican governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. Obviously, the conspiracy theories spread through social media had caused this fevered pitch of opposition. Or had they? Even for those residents that did not put much stock in the accusations of federal takeover or rumors of martial law and internment camps, there was an issue that raised concerns. That of the location of these exercises. Lieutenant Colonel Lestoria assured the attendees that over the six-week period, only about 60 soldiers would be involved at any one time in the Bastrop area, and that the RMT would take place only on private property, which had been volunteered by the property owners. Well, for many, this seemed odd. With the 12-square-mile facility of Camp Swift available, remember that nearby training facility, why would you need private land to accommodate 60 soldiers. In fact, why would you need to use any private property at all in these communities? With a quick check, I found that there are a million acres between the top five military bases alone. Fort Hood, which is just up the road less than two hours north along Interstate 35 from Bastrop, is a military base of 215,000 acres. Yet, 
60 soldiers need access to private property around Bastrop just to practice in an operation that the public isn't supposed to be able to notice anyway? Okay, so everyone was suspicious, and political leaders took notice. Texas Governor Greg Abbott responded to the uproar by assuring the residents of the state that Texans, not the federal government, were making sure everything would be occurring to the best interests of Texas. He called on the state uh, guard to monitor the activities during the training exercise. This action, of course, garnered the criticism of opponents and supporters alike as an action that would only fuel the suspicions of the public. The move by Abbott, as well as the responses and criticisms in kind, were all rather disingenuous political posturing anyway. As you'll recall, Camp Swift is an active State Guard training ground. They had people there anyway. If there was activity on the camp, someone would be there to see it, whether he'd asked or not. As the days continued toward the operation, much of the public narrative continued to repeat. People were concerned. Politicians responded, either with concern or dismissal, reflective of their particular constituency, and local leaders continued to address questions and calls from residents. You might wonder why, in the three months leading up to the Jade Helm exercise, military personnel and state and local leaders couldn't manage to successfully quell the public unrest, given all the media coverage and discussions surrounding Jade Helm. In truth, it's because there wasn't much media coverage, not until something changed, just before the RMT was set to start. Sure, local newspapers and news stations were giving copy to the topic, but only just. The national platforms had already given time to the most controversial and conspiratorial theories out there presented, but more for that entertainment value. The news outlets and local leaders knew that this was one of the many training exercises that occurred every year throughout the country, and the only newsworthy issue was the public panic that made this unique, at least in their minds. But something changed just before everything started. After all the leaks and flood of information had tapered, a new parameter was added to this pre-operation period. The military informed everyone that the media would not be allowed to observe the training exercise, and there would be no embedded journalists within the Jade Helm operation. Well, that changed everything. The fourth estate, which had spent the last three months playing down suspicions of ulterior motives hidden within Jade Helm 15, were suddenly locked out of the playground. This is actually when the news finally got covered. Articles recapping the events and concerns since March began receiving airtime on the local news channels in Austin, and the buried columns rose to the top within the newspapers. The media was suddenly as suspicious as the rest of the public. What exactly was the military hiding? Now everyone was ready to watch what would happen, happy to surveil the gates of Camp Swift as the start of Jade Helm 15 approached. And arrive it did. Much to everyone's chagrin, the unthinkable happened. Nothing. No activity whatsoever. It was almost comical. If you didn't know any better, you might even think the exercise had been com canceled completely. News vans flooded Bastrop on July 15, 2015, 
waiting and watching the gates of Camp Swift for the eventual flurry of activity, to no avail. At the end of the day, nothing more came of it than tongue-in-cheek reports that the only activity had been a single civilian vehicle entering the camp and then leaving within a few minutes. Jade Helm 15 was a non-event, and it stayed that way for the next six weeks. No incursions, no internment of civilians, no martial law. In fact, almost no military presence above normal of any kind. Anywhere, Jade Helm 15 had disappeared. No leaks, no press releases, no information, for all that the exercise had leaked like a sieve in the months leading up to its official start. When things got rolling, the military apparently knew exactly how to shut off that flow. Almost, dare I say, like it had been intentional all along. By September, token news reports surfaced to announce the official end of the training exercise, accompanied by told-you-so smirks and efforts to establish that everyone knew all along that it was much ado about nothing, and the crazy conspiracy theorists were wrong again. The actual kickoff to Jade Helm was so anticlimactic, and the subdued, nearly invisible execution of the operation were so antithetical to the public discussion prior to it all that many were left confused and frustrated. The politicians and local leaders were glad that the ordeal was over, and the media, for their part, were left feeling sheepish for having been caught up in the hysteria and made sure to report, condescendingly, that there was never anything to have caused concern and that they had been right all along. Then they promptly dropped the story without any further questions. The public, in turn, mostly left it behind as well and moved on. Those that were genuinely concerned because of what they had heard were simply relieved that nothing had happened. For others, that had suspected there was more of a psychological strategy than malice behind that the overt announcements of public engagement, the outcome seemed to confirm their suspicions. Although the intent of causing public panic was still left open. Ultimately, Jade Helm became a, a thing that just happened, rather than a question left unanswered. No one was confused about how it all started. It was obvious. The marketing was weird and ambiguous. The slogan was suspicious and esoteric. The map, that politically charged map, was just begging to pick a fight. And that's where it remained for three years until the big reveal was made, pointing to the Russians, which is how we get all the way back to the beginning of our story. Michael Hayden gave the country an explanation to a question that no one was asking. No one was asking where the uproar originated. No one was demanding sources from the media. Those that were genuinely suspicious of the government stayed suspicious and just quietly kept watching. The skeptics got to head to Reddit and social media say their I-told-you-sos, and feel better about themselves. Instead of settling the issue, the announcement, based on nothing in particular, actually opens up new questions. While there may have been the ability to attribute the public hubbub to misunderstanding and poor marketing of an otherwise common and regularly executed training exercise, instead we 
are now to accept that a foreign disinformation campaign stirred the pot entirely. I suppose that without this malicious intervention, the map, ambiguous slogan, and the wooden clog would have been taken in stride without causing a second glance. Or, for all you critical thinkers, looking for the simple solution, perhaps everything that had been released in the lead-up to Jade Helm training operation, which was anathema to public opinion, was done so very intentionally to gauge public reaction. Perhaps it was a psyop nested within or just attached to an already planned training exercise. If so, then the revelation by Hayden was just another psyop utilizing a previous event to gain, uh, to again gauge the public reception of an entirely different potential threat. It would certainly make more sense than attributing incompetence or lack of awareness to an entire organization of military planners. Perhaps we are just the unwitting guinea pigs in a social response experiment. And that's where we will leave it for this episode. Next time, we'll delve into the world of psychological operations, how they are executed, and to what purpose they serve in the area of Special Operations Command activities. Then we'll come back to the events of in the spring of uh, 2015 and try to make sense of how events played out in the context of gauging public response and explain just why Jade Helm 15 buried itself into the public imagination. Okay, thanks again for joining me today. Please click the follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss the discussion. You can email me at contact at conspiracytheoryology.com or find me on the socials at TheoryologyPod. All the info can be found at conspiracytheoryology.com, including how to support the show on Patreon. Music is by adamhenrygarcia.bandcamp.com. So, until next time, remember, beyond the conspiracy and behind the belief lies the theoryology.